Okay, is that better? We'll see. Okay. Uh, my name is Angela Dominguez. Today I'm discussing my debut middle grade novel, Stella Diaz Has Something to Say, published by Roaring Brook. Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. Today's guest is author-illustrator Angela Dominguez. I sat down with her in Austin, Texas during last summer's International Literacy Association's annual conference to talk about her middle grade novel, Stella Diaz Has Something to Say. In this episode, Angela talks about how Stella Diaz started as a picture book, her process for creating an illustrated novel, and why she decided to become an illustrator. Stella Diaz Has Something to Say is about a little girl finding her own voice. And it's also about her dealing with cultural identity and finding her place in the world and knowing that she is okay the way that she is. Well, Stella Diaz originally began as a picture book. Uh, I wanted it to be about a little girl in an aquarium, and she's shy, and she's trying to run away from this one boy, Stanley. And the response I would get from all the editors was that it was very cute, but it's a little mature for middle grade. Uh, you know, kindergarten crush, it's not really appropriate for picture books anymore. So they told me that uh, they were also very curious why Stella was so shy. And I started thinking about Stella, and then I thought about myself, because I thought I was that little girl running away from anyone, basically. And so I started thinking, well, a lot of my shyness comes from English being a second language. Even though I immigrated to the United States when I was two years old, I still had to take speech classes, and I was really self-conscious about the way that I spoke and always paranoid that I would make a mistake. And so I started filling in the novel from there, like starting to build up why she was shy, her relationship with her mom and her brother, because that's what I knew. And then I went back to my memories of elementary school. And then I started just including every fish fact that I could. Uh, My process for writing and illustrating a middle grade novel, with this one, it's my first one. So I began with the pictures. I knew what Stella looked like. I knew what Stanley looked like. I knew what the family looked like. And that kind of gave me images of scenes. And from there, I started developing the narrative. Uh, I don't know if I'd actually approach a book the same way because they just kind of kept growing organically. And then I had to go then develop an outline afterwards. But typically when I do a picture book, I would do an outline first and then start thinking about the pictures. When I was a child, I would create um, paintings all the time. Uh, I thought I wanted to be like the next Van Gogh when I was really little. Uh, I also would make books all the time. I would go with my mom to her office, very much like Stella, and write my own stories on the typewriter back then, and then take them out, make little drawings, and then staple them together, and I would have my little book. I always hoped that I would have a creative job as an adult. Um, I went to art school, Savannah College of Art and Design, studied illustration, but it wasn't really until graduate school that I realized that I wanted to illustrate children's books. And then from there, I just, I made it my main goal to make this my career. So I graduated from with my master's from the Academy of Art University. 
and I got in contact with Tricycle Press, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was out in the Bay Area. And there was an editor there that recommended that I join the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. So I did that right away. And my first conference, they wanted me to do Mary Had a Little Lamb, just a storyboard. And I really wanted to impress everyone. So I did the whole dummy, and then I thought, well, how can I make this unique and interesting? And that's when I started thinking about, well, what if it takes place in Peru to get llamas and lambs that can kind of live together? And I did that, and then they told me, well, you should try to go get this published. And I impressed everyone at the conference, didn't really believe them, but Henry Holt saw the potential. They said, if you make it a llama, because back then I still had a lamb, and he said, if you make it bilingual too, we'd be interested in publishing it. So it was... It took a while because I did that in 2008, and then the economy crashed. So then it went to the slush pile, and then in 2010, Kate Farrell emailed me saying, would you still want to do this book? In the meantime, I was illustrating other people's stories, working with smaller publishers or smaller books, and, um, but that really kind of launched me into the newer phase of my career. I didn't notice that I didn't see myself in the books, so it didn't really necessarily bother me. I think it bothered me more, because Texas, I grew up in Texas, it's a pretty diverse state, so I had a lot of friends from different places, and I never thought about it. But then when I went to art school in Georgia, all of a sudden for the first time in my life, I saw that I was like the one Hispanic person or Latina girl in like the dorm or on that floor. And then I started realizing how weird that feels. And as an adult during the school visits and seeing the kids get so excited, you know, I went to one presentation in North Carolina where there were probably six kids with the last name Dominguez and they all ran up to me saying, my name is Dominguez, are you Dominguez? And I just like lost it and they're all hugging me and it just like, it was the most rewarding and it's been through these school visits that I realized how important it is for those kids to see themselves in the book. And they own it and they hug it. And I had one little girl who apparently didn't speak at all. Then she read Maria Had a Little Llama and then wrote her own story. And so I heard that and that was just like amazing. wanted to be an illustrator because I wanted to tell stories with my pictures and I wanted to do children's books because it sounded fun but through doing the school visits through seeing what Maria had a little llama did I approached Stella Diaz with that in mind you know because I realized that there were a lot of kids who struggle with a second language who don't see themselves who feel kind of like outsiders and are feeling that same feelings that I felt as a kid but it's important for them to see that as a child so they know that they're accepted and that they're perfectly fine as they are. I guess my biggest hope for the book is to teach kids a little bit of empathy. Um, For kids that are not from... For kids that are from the United States who are not from somewhere else to realize that their classmates, whether they're shy or they come from somewhere else, are people with these fully rich lives and they need to be um, have empathy for them and be compassionate about uh, what they're going through. And also for those kids that are from somewhere else that they can have a book, an opportunity to see themselves in a book. 
Thank you, Angela Dominguez, for taking the time to sit down and talk to me about Stella Diaz. Thank you to my co-host, Travis Yonker, for helping produce this episode. Travis's book, The Very Last Castle, is out in the world. Congrats, Travis. You created something pretty special. Travis and I hope to see you at NCTE in Houston this November. Thank you, Philip Stead, for creating our theme song. Additional music for this episode comes from Squire Talk via the free music archive. If you have an idea for a season or episode of The Yarn, shoot us an email, theyarnpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Colby Sharp. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>